From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendell. Bax, we are going to have Buckeye football. It's the first time you and I have talked on the show since last week's decision, which came down, I think, about an hour or two after we recorded the show last Wednesday. Just your thoughts, my friend, that we're going to have Buckeye football this fall. You know, I'm really happy our show was uh, obsolete within like a couple hours. Uh, I don't know. It feels a little surreal to me right now that we're talking about a football game that that, that Ohio State's going to be playing in a month. Uh, it's literally a month from today that the Big Ten starts football season. And it, there are times where like something happens and you have all this outrage and the reality is you, you you don't believe really in your heart of hearts that it's going to happen. Well, with this whole situation when the season was canceled, there was just so much outrage that it was more like everybody was out for blood. And then all of a sudden it started becoming slightly more realistic every single day that we were going to get football back to the point where it was like a momentum train. So I've never been more, I don't know, I guess surprised that it happened. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm amazed that it happened in a way, but on the flip side, this is absolutely what should have happened. And I I'm very, I guess, grateful that Ohio state finally has the leadership in place to allow something like this to happen. Let's be real. If this had been Michael Drake in charge, we all know what this would have been. Christina Johnson has started her tenure as the president of Ohio state, but earning her Buckeye bona fides for sure. And the reality is I, I couldn't be, I'm amazed we got here and I'm, I'm much more confident in our leadership than I've been in a very long time at Ohio state. And I think we should all be really proud of what Ohio state did to get the big 10 back to this point. Amen to that. I love Dr. Christina Johnson. Um, yeah, this was uh and, you know, I think people just <laughs> were so quick to make assumptions about her. And then you look a little deeper. It's like she comes from a sports-loving family. She was a sports nut herself growing up. She was a scholarship athlete at Stanford on the field hockey team, started the lacrosse program there uh, when, you know, it was just a club sport when she started it. You know, it was at the U.S. Olympic trials for field hockey. It's just, yeah. And then she's been an engineer. She's a scientist. She's an entrepreneur. She's, yeah. And and she helped us get football, which is what we really care about. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been so impressed with her so far. Bax, your thoughts on the schedule? I know Urban called it a Clemson-like schedule for Ohio State. Uh, your thoughts on how the schedule sets up? Just nine games, but, you know, hey, that's better than zero. What are your thoughts on the schedule? Well, when you only play Nebraska and Illinois from the West, two teams of which in all likelihood in a 12-game season would have difficulty making a bowl game. Uh, that is a really favorable schedule. 
having to go to Penn State is not as daunting when you don't have the crowd, even though Ohio State historically wins against the whiteout. Like, we all hate the whiteout because it seems like every year we have to go to the whiteout. But the only whiteout here is going to be if they cover the, the seats in a bunch of sheets. So that's nice. Uh, but here's the reality. Penn State's a team that, while very good, certainly the second-best team in the East, I don't really think is a threat to Ohio State right now. Uh, they don't have Michael Parsons, who was the only player who made their defense really hum last year. I, I don't really believe whatsoever that, that, that their quarterback has the ability to beat Ohio State. And let's face it, they lost their one major weapon in K.J. Hamler. So, you know, I, I get Pat Fryermuth's good, but P. Warner shut him down last year. And, look, that Penn State game was only close because of a couple weird things that happened, and Ohio State still won by 11. So, Outside of Penn State, they got our rivals, who I wouldn't be shocked if they went four and four. Uh, I think you've got an interesting game against Indiana, but we haven't lost to Indiana in 30-something years. And then the rest of the East, which is a train wreck right now. Uh, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, come on, let's be real here. This is a two-game schedule for OSU until they get to the Big Ten Championship. And really – if it wasn't for the whole it's the rivalry thing, I'd be saying it's a one-game schedule. And a game Ohio State's going to be favored in by double-digit points. So Herbs is right, man. This is the sort of schedule where you're going to have people complaining that Ohio State didn't, quote, play anyone. But in, in all reality, we know Ohio State's going to be able to play with and beat anyone this year. So, you know, I'm okay with it, though. If any year that Ohio State's schedule has to be called weak, uh, it's a year where you don't really want to have the COVID situation taking away players from you for weeks on end with the Big Ten's idiotic 21-day policy. Uh, it seems like it's a little bit of uh, – what did J-Book call it? Booby-trapped? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my next question. I feel like that's exactly what it is. I think J-Book hit the nail on the head there. Um, it does feel like a booby trap, kind of like, okay, we'll give you your football, but we're going to set up all kinds of landmines for you. 21 days when everywhere else in society, every other sports league, anything you can think of is 10 to 14 days if you get the virus. Um, this 5% threshold, um, you know, I think it should be higher than that. I think if 5% of your team gets the virus, you quarantine those players, and you go and you play some football if it's 5%. Um, you don't just shut the games down, but that's what the Big Ten's going to do. And so here's my crazy idea. You're going to tell me how crazy this idea is. UMass has decided to play football this year. UMass is an independent. UMass is scrambling to try and find games. Some people, including sports writers, are speaking out saying, why is UMass doing this? They are losing money at the university. Well, I have an idea. How about have UMass as kind of the backup plan for the Big Ten? We know there's going to be with all of these you know, booby traps in place. I'm confident in saying there's going to be a game or two, probably more than that, that gets canceled. Hopefully Ohio State's not involved in one of those. But get UMass at the ready. Give them a cut of the money for however many games they play or they could work out how they're going to do the deal. And they're scrambling to try and find games to play. How crazy of an idea is it to have UMass at the ready backs on call? Well, you know, for me, as a guy who went to high school in Amherst, Massachusetts, two minutes away from UMass, that would be hilarious to see Ohio State play the Minutemen. <laughs> uh, but the reality is, is that it's a good plan because you're going to have some weeks uh, where you have uh, the Big Ten school that has some sort of outbreak. Look at uh, Notre Dame right now. Notre Dame played USF and they had seven kids on their roster come out 
and, and have COVID after the weekend. Now, if USF didn't have anybody test positive, you know which kids were out of parties, of course, after the game. But uh, at the end of the day, seven divided by one or 100 is 7% of your roster. That alone would have stopped Ohio State from playing this week. So the big issue with UMass is the backup role is that, A, they'd have to accept it and forego opportunities to play other schools. And B, they'd have to be in a position to be doing the testing the way Ohio State is doing it. Now, I don't know what UMass is going to be able to do, how many games they're going to realistically be able to get if they didn't come to some sort of deal with the Big Ten to be their designated on-call team. But in the reality, is, it's, I don't know how many schools are going to be able to just be like, hey, UMass, you want to play in a week? Like, it's not a thing. I would really, really love to see UMass play Ohio State October 10th. Uh, I think it's time to let us have that preseason game. Let's do that. Like, let's let's lock them into a game there and get them into the testing system and then have them as everybody else's backup. That way we can get an extra OSU game. But, and by the way, it shouldn't be just UMass. We, have, we talk about, like, some of these other schools uh, trying to find spots to play. And in reality, I, I think we should be having uh, multiple backup options because what if you get one or two games canceled? Then let's be real here, too. If Ohio State goes 7-0 and or something and then wins the Big Ten, and the SEC people will lose their mind because we had that quote, only play seven games. You're going to have more undefeated teams than usual this year. There's going to be a fight. The reality is, is as long as Ohio State doesn't fall flat on their face in their one big game or their two big games this year, they're going to be in the playoff regardless because everybody knows by the eye test that this Ohio State team is as good as anybody in the country. But it's going to be a really weird year, even if you don't get those games in against the likes of UMass. And let's face it. Let's say you go that the game that gets delayed is Penn State. Ohio State can't play the Nittany Lions of all people. Then both those teams could be undefeated going into the thing. So you really got to be careful. Uh, This is why the Big Ten's decision to delay the season and after flat out cancel the season was idiotic. You needed a couple weeks built in. They literally did the right thing and then six days later screwed it all up. Uh, The Big Ten built in like what? five bye weeks originally to be able to get the whole thing in by the time the playoff was announced. And now we have literally no wiggle room. The original schedule was the right choice. It's that they were sitting around twiddling their thumbs, sitting on their hands for months to not get all these questions answered. They were not proactive and it's going to bite them in the butt. Whenever the big 10 has three teams in the big 10 East that don't get to play each other. And all what happens if Ohio state two games, that gets canceled are Penn state and Michigan and the game against Penn State and Michigan also gets delayed because of COVID. And you have three undefeated teams in the Big Ten East because those are the three teams that are going to be the ones that are the best teams. That's a theoretically realistic scenario. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw everything in college football push back an extra week or two. Then on January 1st, you might be having the Big Ten championship game. And then the playoff starts in mid-January or something because we're not the only conference who's looking at a schedule crunch right now. Last thing on the show here, Buckeye Nation, Buck Nutters. Let's give Haskell Garrett some help if you have the means to do it. I know there's a lot of people out there struggling, but Haskell Garrett, for those that don't know, I'm sure if you're a Buckeye fan, you know this by now, but last month, Haskell Garrett um, was on Chittenden Avenue, which for those who don't know is just off campus and was walking back to his place and saw a, a man and a woman engaged in a, I don't know if it was a physical altercation, but it looked like it was going to get physical at least, went over there to try and break it up. And the man shot Haskell Garrett in the face, went through both cheeks, 
it could have been a lot worse, but it's still really bad. Uh, I mean, the young man could have died. We all know that. But um, so in that respect, he's lucky. He's also unlucky. I mean, he's got severe damage to his mouth, his tongue. And he has started. He didn't even start it. Somebody else started it for him. Somebody back home in Vegas started it for him. A family friend, I believe, started a GoFundMe page. And it's really easy to find. Just Google Haskell Garrett GoFundMe. It's the first thing that will pop up. And they're trying to raise $100,000. Yesterday, it was right around 7,000. It's already up to 25,000 because it's starting to get a lot more publicity. So I just wanted to keep that going. If you have the means out there and you can help Haskell Garrett out with this GoFundMe page, please do so. Again, the goal is $100,000. He's at 25,000, which again, 25,000 when you're trying to reach 100,000 might not sound like much, but yesterday it was just like 7,000. So Buckeye Nation can make a big difference. So he's a senior defensive tackle backs. I'm still waiting back to hear from Ohio State, you know, if he's going to play this year. Um, I don't know what the status. Initially, we heard he was. Now it's like you, know, you read this or you're not sure, but um, let's put football aside, man. Let's just help this young man out and hope he can, uh, you know, live a, a normal life. I mean, getting shot through both cheeks, it's just, it's unfathomable. So um, I, I just, my heart goes out to Haskell Garrett and I hope we can raise as much money for him as possible. And yeah, here's the other thing. There's no like moderate getting shot in the face. You know what I mean? Like that that's that's such a significantly damaging injury. Like I remember when I heard about this, they said he got shot through the cheeks. I remember thinking, man, I hope his tongue's okay so he can talk again. He's gonna have to relearn how to talk. I mean, imagine the dental work you'll have to have done to replace half your teeth. I mean. Not to mention the, the serious surgeries on your face. And this is something where, A, he was just trying to step in and stop something from happening, which is kind of what a lot of us would do if they were in his shoes. And, you know, that, that this is him being selfless, and it ended up hurting him. And, B, that would have been a night of a game week had we had our regular schedule going and there's a very strong likelihood he wouldn't have been out after midnight walking back to his apartment. He probably would have been in bed because he would have an early wake up to get ready for the start of game week. So you talk about events conspiring against somebody. It's, it's certainly this case with Haskell Garrett. And I think this was something where now that we know this will not affect him in terms of eligibility or anything like that. And of course, we're not talking about him playing this season, but you know, maybe down the line, it's a possibility again. Um, that GoFundMe is a real opportunity for Ohio State to, and, and all of Buckeye Nation to really give back to somebody who needs it. And let's face it, like a lot of this stuff is covered by OSU's medical care, but at the end of the day, you know how much out-of-pockets are? Do you know how much all this is? I mean, we have to hope that Haskell can ever play ball again. We, we, you know, we don't know what the quality of life for him is like right now. It's probably not great. It's certainly not what he's used to. I mean, it's it's a horrible situation that I don't think has gotten anywhere near the publicity that it normally would have in a world that's just completely crazy right now. And at a time in college football, that's overcome with everything. Let's not forget about what happened to him because it's easy to let it fade into the background. Exactly. Right. Uh, and it, it is amazing. It's not getting more publicity. So we're doing our little part to help here. Um, this should be like a national story. I, it, it's just, it's, it's 2020 though. So, uh, you know, throw all logic out the window, but this should be like the main story, not just in sports, but it should be like a national story that you would see like on CBS evening news or something like that. An Ohio state player gets shot through both cheeks for breaking up a domestic dispute and it just gets no publicity at all. 
Unbelievable. All right. Great stuff as always from Matt Baxendale. I appreciate your time as always, buddy. He is the people's champ. You can read his column every Sunday. It is must read material. It is the bucket. So thank you to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review or subscribe. It really helps. Thanks again. Have a great day, Bucknutters. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.